Certified Lady. We're living our best lives now because we're real about who we are and what we like. You're on the mic with Dr. Race, the Global Mentor Coach. And today I've got a very special guest with me. This season is full of special guests and I hope y'all really appreciate this. I've been digging some, doing some digging because I really want to present some people with to you that really has some valuable information to help you level up in your life. This woman is absolutely amazing. She came highly recommended from somebody that I reached out to and I was just like, I know you got the goods and I need you to send me somebody. And he was like, I got two people, but let me check on that because I think for this topic, I got the right person. And he hit it on the nose, okay? She is none other than the best-selling author and transformation coach, Paula Nicole Good. She is the founder of The Good Life Experience. She helps ambitious women who have experienced emotional trauma, discover healthy relationships within themselves and others, and magnetize their feminine energy through transformation coaching. She is a heart-centered strategist who helps women discover what it means to live as their most authentic self. And we're all about that over here. And discover intimate connections and healthy relationships. When I tell you, he hit the nail on the head with this one. Because we talking about what? Are you romanticizing a toxic relationship? She gonna bring the goods, baby, okay? Her teachings through her courses and programs center around subconscious mindset shifting. Renewing your mind, ladies. Embodiment of feminine energy, confidence building, and holistic well-being. Ladies, give it up for Miss Paula Good. Woo! You can introduce me any day. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. When I reached out, I was just like, I just knew he had the good. I knew he had the good. He was just like, I told, I sent him the topic and he was just like, oh, I think she would be better than I was like, I got you. And I love it. I love it. When you sent me your information and we chatted, I was just like, she's going to hit this one up. Because there are too many of us that tend to romanticize toxic relationships, but I think part of it is because we don't understand or identify what's toxic about the relationship because we are unhealed in a lot of areas, right? And I am a proponent for therapy. I'm a proponent for getting coaching and counseling, whatever fits your budget, but find a way to talk through those things and uncover, you know what I mean? All of that what's in there. So tell us what drew you to become a coach? Well, my professional life is that I am a registered nurse. So for years, I've always worked with people and one of the specialties I worked in is labor and delivery. And you know, a lot of times people think, oh, sweet babies, but what a lot of people don't see are the social dynamics of family coming in with, you know, these women. And a lot of times they're either in relationships or situationships that have some things going on. And as a labor and delivery nurse, I spend time with these women. And for those of you who don't know, nursing is one of the most trusted professions, which means we get told everything. Absolutely. So these women would just start sharing certain things about what's going on with them. And I just would talk with them. So what was happening is, you know, I'd spend time with this woman and, you know, sometimes they're with me for an hour, maybe a 12 hour shift, but they weren't with me for the long haul. So I talk with them, we connect, I give them some tidbits, they take it and then they get transferred to another floor, discharge home. And I was stuck thinking like, okay, I wonder how they're doing. I wonder if they're going forward with their plan. I wonder if, if they were in the hospital, I would question myself, should I follow up? Is that professional? 
So fast forward, I was actually given the opportunity to step into coaching by being in touch with the coach who actually mentored me into as, as I stepped into coaching. And with that, it's like I realized I've always been coaching, but now I'm able to follow someone through to the end. I can take them from the beginning to the end, support them, guide them, and really help them with transforming their life see them with their results and then still be available for them when they need to come back for some coaching or support or even recommendation. Not everyone is coachable, so sometimes therapy is good and I am a strong component of therapy myself. So that's what led me to coaching. And then in addition to that, one of the other specialties I worked in was psychiatric nursing. And so I was really introduced to the mind, the normal aspect of the mind, what happens when our mind is not normal or when things are off culture. And I found a deep passion in that. And so I've always wanted to understand whether it's a, a mental health diagnosis or even just the behavior of people. Because a lot of times we think something's wrong with us when really it stems down to just how we see things, how we perceive things, how life has impacted us. And that can be changed. So with coaching, I'm able to touch all of that. And then I bring my nursing experience into play. And that's where the holistic well-being comes into play. I love it. I love it. Being intentional about just helping people from, I love the concept of seeing them through from beginning to end. Because a lot of times some people stop the coaching process midway through before they really, they think that they had one breakthrough and that's it. No, <laughs> no, there's one. so much Man. more. Yeah, it, there's so much more to the coaching relationship. And I think that if we had a different approach and idea or concept of what coaching is and what it does for us, holistically, like you said, I think more people would be more willing to invest in themselves in that area and not shy away from it. So as you talk about it, I, you know, we see how you discovered your, discovered what this is that you do as far as being a coach, but what is your passion? Like, how did you discover your passion and, and how does that drive you today? Well, for me, a lot of the clients I coach who are my ideal clients are in situations that I have been in personally. So I was that young, quiet girl who was that people pleaser as I became older and realized it was codependency. Mm -hmm. I had my fair share of toxic relationships, a toxic marriage, have to co-parent in a toxic relationship, mm -hmm. and then have the childhood traumas that supported why that happened. Right, so right. me understanding my path and then the help that I got, which was therapy, and coaching, mm -hmm. I'm able to help people. And what I have found is people are just drawn to me. And for some reason, people always came to me about their relationship. Right. Yeah. I was just a magnet. I never yeah. set out to help people with their relationships, but they come to me. And my ideal client is a woman, but I get men and women both coming to me. And I found that as I was helping them, they were doing well. And not only were they being helped with their relationships, they were um, uncovering the root of their issues. And then they were making major life changes wow. that were so amazing to me. And for me, I'm always amazed when I can see somebody else just grow. Right. And, you know, it's that whole thing of, you know, I like to make sure that someone else's crown is straightened. And when I can see them walk off with that crown straight, I'm doing my job. That's so good. That's so good. And a lot of times 
you know, when you start your, your, your passion is often linked to your purpose and your call. And, and it's kind of like, you just kind of, it just, it seeks you out. If you, if you don't really know what you're supposed to be doing in life, just pay attention to what's happening regularly yes. to you. Yes. It's crying out to you. It's telling like people are seeking you out for stuff. This is your life, right? Yes. Don't run from it, run into it, lean into it and find a way to be able to help other people. And so that's, I love that you turn your your experiences into a way to be able to help other people. And I think that's what people relate to and that's how people get the most help out of it because now they see themselves in you and that's what draws them. And it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. This person not only looks like me, but they've gone through the same thing and they're on the other side. I want what they got. <laughs> like I want what she yeah. has. So that's a good thing. So in your experience, as we talk about, you know, you know, romanticizing toxic relationships and how we overcome them, in your experience, why do we as women romanticize toxic relationship behavior? Well, first of all, what I see is that people end up in this bubble. And just imagine yourself being in a bubble where all you can see are the walls of that bubble. You know, mm -hmm. bubbles are very, they're clear, but everything kind of looks distorted, right? Right. So they're in that bubble and they are focusing on what they know based on what they've experienced, whether it's through childhood, previous relationships, what they saw, what they know, also what they feel, what they think about themselves, how they perceive themselves, how they feel about themselves. So we have women who have all that and they're in this bubble and they are perceiving that this particular behavior is love. Mm. And this love that they're getting is actually some form of addiction wow. or it's a validation. It allows them to feel wanted. If you weren't in a situation where you had parents who were loving, and it doesn't mean your parents were mean, but you know, they weren't ones to show you affection. You didn't receive that love and that's important as a child. So you receive it within your relationships. So you're, you're thinking or confusing it with love. Also status. There are a lot of women who attribute relationship status to some type of goal or, right. you know, it's part of their work. You know, they attach their worth to, to this relationship status. So when you have these desires of feeling wanted, feeling loved, wanting the status, having your, your, your worth validated, and here's this behavior coming from this partner, and it's focused on you, whether it's that good love or that perceived good love or whatever it's coming, it's on you. So you're receiving it and then you romanticize it because you have to excuse it somehow because yeah. if you're saying that it's wrong, then that means you're wrong. And if you're wrong, then that means you have a problem. Mm -hmm. And now that you have a problem, now you gotta change and do something about it, but that's just too hard. Yeah. So, so much easier to romanticize this behavior right here. Wow. You, you, you made a point that I want to hit a little bit because it's like we don't want to look at that person in the mirror and deal with that person in the mirror. And oftentimes I find that it's just, it's it's out of fear. For some reason, I don't want to face this thing like clutch my pearls. No, how, how dare you make me face me? But if we don't face ourselves and deal with that trauma, deal with what's caused us to retreat, it produces a cycle. What recommendation do you have for people who are like that, especially for women who are afraid of that reflection in the mirror? Like, I don't, I, I don't want to do this, but at the same time, there's something in, in you that you know that you need to look in that mirror 
what's like a first step or something to get over that fear and that that because it's part of trauma holding you to that trauma that you don't want to start to face it but how do you get over that hump to to start looking in that mirror to, to start the healing process well, a lot of the fear is fear of the unknown. And if we just kind of break fear down of what is fear? Right. Well, as a human, we have a natural fear response that helps protect us, right? Right. Way back when it was, if a lion was chasing us down, we had that adrenaline to run. Right. Now we don't have lions. I mean, we have, you have to watch out for cars if you're in the middle of the street, you know, right. they, there's a tornado warning, but we don't have that same level of fear. So a lot of the fear is fear that we create. Mm. So number one is recognizing that your fear are false emotions appearing real. Right. So that whole word of false means you're creating it. So number one, let's get that out of the way. Number two, that unknown a lot of times is better than your reality. So when you say to yourself, well, this situation that I'm in, I know it's not good, I'm unhappy, I feel horrible, I know I'm being used, used, whatever, but making that step forward, I just don't know. Well, there's always something better. Right. And it's going to be better because you can choose to make it better. So I always tell people, let the fear be your motivation to move forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then step into that unknown because then that bubble that you're in, it pops. Yeah. Those walls, those distorted walls start coming down and then you're able to start getting some clarity. And then once you have that clarity and you have that awareness, because once you become aware, you can't help but to to change, you're able to start moving forward. But you have to work through that fear and know that the unknown is actually going to be better than where you are. That's good. That is so good. Getting over that and knowing that the unknown is better than where you are. I like that. That is so good. And that's a powerful statement in its in its simplistic form, but it's still very powerful. And what I tell people is fear is irrational. Yes, we know it's an irrational emotion, but it's real in that moment. And until you get on the other side of that fear into that unknown, you look back and be like, why was I afraid? This didn't yeah. make no sense. But in that yeah. moment, it's real to you and you just have to make a decision to, and it goes back to what you said earlier about your mind, about the mindset. You have to make a decision in your mind to override what you are feeling in this false emotion right now to get to the other side into that unknown and know that it's not AstroTurf over here. It really is watered grass that's been seeded and it's green because it's been seeded and watered and taken care of. And now that's me, you know what I mean? In this fresh field of new life, that's better. And I like to challenge people to say, what's waiting for you? Who's waiting for you on the other side of that fear, on the other side of your obedience, on the other side of you just stepping into that unknown? And so as you say, use fear as a motivator. Absolutely. Absolutely. Push yourself like, it's almost like a springboard. Push yourself off that fear. Use it as a springboard and just take that dive because... There is absolutely better and greater on the other side. And sometimes, you know, the very thing you're holding on to is really keeping you from springboarding because they want a trauma bond. Sometimes that toxic relationship is someone who wants to trauma bond with you. They don't want you to be better. And I don't care if it's a romantic relationship or platonic relationship with a friend because some friends 
literally just want a trauma bond with you because they got a trash relationship with someone who's toxic. And as long as you're in a toxic relationship and yours is slightly worse than theirs, it makes them feel better about their relationship. And it's like, that's not healthy either, right? And so what are some of the toxic relationship behaviors that we that women tend to romanticize? Like, what does that look like? Because sometimes it might be perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. Like, we think that some of this stuff is normal, that this is what a relationship looks like. No, baby. That's, that's yeah. not what a healthy relationship looks like. But if that's all you know, because that's all you've seen and experienced, then you can't step into that unknown because to you, this is normal, but it's not. So what are some examples of what toxic relationship behavior looks like? Okay, well, the most common one is control. And control can show up in a lot of different ways. A lot of times, you know, we think of the controlling man and he's yelling and telling us what to do. That's one example of control, but then there's that whole covert control where it's silent and nice and I'm just being nice to you, such as I'll just use my personal experience. In my past relationship, I remember I was told once, you know, you're okay, but you're the type of woman who needs makeup. I mean, I'm not saying you're ugly, but you know, if you put a little makeup on, you know, you, you look really nice, but you know, I think you're the type that would need some. Said in such a nice way, and I sat there right, receiving it like I didn't know what to say mm-hmm. because it didn't feel good, but the tone didn't match my feelings. Mm-hmm. Wow. But in that, that was that control, and that's that that low level control that builds up and keeps us in that huge loop that holds us that a lot of people miss. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So with that whole control thing, I always tell people, if it doesn't feel good, like that's your intuition, listen to it. Don't listen to the tone, listen to how you're receiving it, listen to how you feel, Mm -hmm. because that's an indicator. Another one is jealousy. You know, sometimes think it's cute. Oh, he doesn't want me to talk to this guy or he don't want me to go with my friends. He just loves me. Mm-mm. A emotionally balanced man will not care if you have a conversation with someone of the opposite sex, if you have demonstrated that you're trustworthy. Right, right. You know, they won't care because they're secure. You're secure in the relationship. They know you're not going to do anything because you've always shown them that you won't do anything. Now, if it's been an opposite situation where you have created an untrustworthy situation, that's a different aspect. Right. But jealousy with no foundation is not cute. Right. And it should not be romanticized. Another one is arguing. You know, mm. you, you get those couples and they're constantly arguing. Oh, we were arguing, we were arguing. And passion, no, that's toxicity. Do not confuse passion with toxic behavior. Right. That boils down to compatibility. Because if you're not compatible, you're going to have so many differences, you're always going to be arguing. Mm-hmm. When you're compatible, no, you're not perfect. Yeah, you'll have some disagreements, but you, it won't be majority of the time. Right, and right. then if you're always arguing, I mean, where's the love? Where's the peace? You mm-hmm. know, you won't get that. Right. Another one is grudges. You know, get some people who hold grudges. They, they have a whole list of things from what you did five years ago, 12 years ago. That, that's, that was um, in my, my marriage. You know, something that happened 12 years ago is still coming up now. Holding grudges, right. holding grudges. And I've seen where people have romanticized that. Oh, yeah, he just, I hurt him. And, you know, 
I didn't, uh, you know, it was on me. No, people have to learn to get over things. Right. If someone's holding grudges, that's toxic behavior. They Mm -hmm. are holding on to hurt and they need to work on healing themselves. That's good. Yeah. Neediness and insecurity. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That man, where you going? When you're out texting you, where you at? When you coming home, I miss you. I need you here. You think it's cute. Oh, he just misses me. Nope. He's insecure. And insecurity does not get better. You cannot help insecurity. You can't fix insecurity in someone else. You can't change who you are to fix insecurity. And then another one is lack of acceptance and understanding. When you're talking with someone and you're sharing your feelings, you're sharing your thoughts, ideas, opinions, and they refuse to accept it. Mm-hmm. Refuse to acknowledge your situation, acknowledge your perception. It's toxic. They don't care about you. Yeah. Um, and you've got to recognize that that, because that one's a quiet one also, that right there is going to keep you in the loop of always trying to please and please mm-hmm. and give. And wow. next thing you know, you're wondering why you're so unhappy. Wow. Wow, so good. And so as you were talking, I was writing down some things. And so, you know, they play on your self-esteem and insecurities. And when you gave that example, I was thinking about uh, the, the one example, I was thinking about Angela and Marcus always arguing and the Tyler Perry, yeah. they always arguing oh, yeah. for compatibility, but they wouldn't leave each other alone. And he said, well, yeah, Texas bananas will make up. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, you know, and we see these things in movies and, and it's like, baby, that's not healthy. That is toxic. And even in the movie, yeah. they was like, something's wrong with y'all. That's not like, mm, that's just how we we love each other that's not that's not that's not good but to them that was normal constantly fighting and, and you know uh keeping track of wrongs you know and and all of that stuff taking score like nobody does that but they were that was their relationship all of this unforgiveness keeping track and bringing up old stuff all the time but that last one being dismissive constantly dismissing your point of view and who you are and just, you know, but that subtle shade in the beginning when you were talking about, ooh, you know, they said something that you know was shade, but they said it in such a nice way. Like, I mean, some people can say things to you that's sweet, like how them words are dripping with so much sweetness, like send you into a diabetic coma, but that's a red flag because it's too sweet, it's too much, right? Mm -hmm. But again, hurt people hurt people. Just like healed people can heal people, hurt people hurt people. And so a lot of times it's projection, obviously, but it leads to other more dangerous things. So if you don't cut it off now, and these are just a few examples to help you first identify toxic relationship behaviors, things that happen in the relationship that you do, you know, so like, for instance, as a woman, you would do certain things to compensate. And like you said, people pleasing, it leads you to people pleasing, but there's no amount of pleasing or anything that you can do that's gonna fix this. You know what I mean? It seems like it, but it, it really doesn't, right? And we as women, find healthier ways to address these toxic relationship behaviors that we tend to romanticize. The best thing to do is uh, self-love and not self-love to where, you know, you're just cutting everybody off all the time. Right, right. But self-love starting on the inside with really asking yourself, what do you love about yourself? Mm -hmm. What makes you special? What makes you important? What are your gifts? What are your passions? What makes you stand out? What is it 
you do in life that brings you that good feeling and really looking at yourself for who you are as an individual right loving yourself in the way you want to be loved because a lot of times in these toxic relationships you get women trying to get the man to love them mm-hmm. a certain way like i just need you to love me like this i wish you talked to me like this i wish you treat me like this i wish you do these things for me do them for yourself first. Right. Talk to yourself in that manner because I guarantee in your head and when you're walking around, you're criticizing yourself. You're telling yourself you're not good enough. You're telling yourself you're not worth it. Start telling yourself you are worth it, that you are good enough, that okay. you have what it takes. So talk to yourself right. Treat yourself right. Take yourself out to dinner. Buy yourself that gift. Take yourself on that trip. Start that new hobby. Mm-hmm. Figure out your passions without asking someone if they're good enough or if they approve, do it. Do what you want to do and love it. And if you realize you do something and it's like, eh, that's not a good deal. Now you've learned a lesson, go on to the next thing. But learn to love yourself in a way that automatically sets a standard for somebody else to love you. Because when you start doing that, you start noticing the toxic behaviors that you know are going to interrupt your peace interrupt your love and you're going to say "Mm, this isn't for me because i've set this standard over here on this path that's good that's so good liz the first step is acknowledging but also recognizing those toxic relationship behaviors and she gave us like so many to I look out for like, what does it look like in action? Because sometimes you can tell somebody, but it's like, but what does that look like in action? She just gave you some examples of what that looks like in action. And at the end of the day, when you love, value, and appreciate yourself, y'all hear me say this all the time, you increase the confidence that you have in yourself. self You can't have somebody else's confidence. That's why it's called self confidence how do i get over my low self-esteem and the insecurities that i have she just said it to you what do you love about yourself just start with that question right there you got what do i love about myself what do i like about myself stand in the mirror and talk to yourself about it like identify it like i love my dimples i love this i love that like literally start saying what you love about yourself to yourself every day and watch that thing lift and change and you'll start seeing things as they truly are in the relationship and not with the rose colored glasses because you feel like you can't do better and that's how you face that fear and use that fear as a springboard to get to the other side because now you're doing the work it's not easy if it was easy everybody would be doing it you know <laughs> like everybody would be doing it but they don't and so you know i really appreciate the practical approach that you shared today because sometimes people make it so complicated when it's really yeah it's a complicated situation to you because it is hard to step over and springboard off of fear but at the same time do you got time to die because at the end of the day a lot of this starts subtle but it escalates to the point that you end up in domestic violence that's how a lot of this starts. If you're with somebody who's dismissive of you already, they're throwing subtle shade to you already. That's toxic. And it only continues to build and build and build until next thing you know, you know. And for some people, again, I said it earlier, if that's all you know, that's all you know. I had a meeting with someone yesterday and she shared with me this woman who has a domestic violence foundation in the Northwest. And the name of it is that is out is dedicated to her mom 
who was in toxic relationship after another, after another. All she knew was talk was domestic violence relationships. Everyone she had and the last one took her to her grave, killed her. The woman who started the foundation, domestic violence relationship, every single one. Her sister, every single relationship, because guess what, that's all they knew. That was normal to them. And it's like, when, until it gets to the extreme point, it's like, you don't you don't pull out and you don't know how to pull out. You don't know how to know that you are loved and love yourself more than you, you love wanting to be with this person or wanting to be with anybody um, to that extent. So if you come out of one and you think you're a heel, but you end up in another domestic violence situation, you end up in another one because there's levels to your healing. And that's that's part of it. That's why I encourage you, don't just stop counseling. Don't stop therapy. Don't stop coaching sessions. Find a way to invest in your healing and something that's going to make you a whole person. Because when you are whole, you don't accept these red flags. You know what I mean? That, that are here. Um, and so I'm so thankful for Paula sharing it with us today because this is important to me to make sure that women have the tools they need to feel safe, to be safe, but also you can't level up. You, you leveling up in business and you leveling up over here, but if you're not leveling up in your relationships and the most important relationship is the one that you have with yourself. Right. And that's what we're talking about here today. Self-love and self-care. If you don't, if this one is not leveled up, all these other ones are gonna take advantage of you and it's gonna eventually spill over in your business. Yep. And it spills over into every part of your life because you know, you can't start fragmenting yourself and that's what ends up happening. And so I really appreciate you for coming on and sharing with us today. And so I want to, to tell the people more about you. If you have any products that you have available, tell them how to get in touch with you, how to get your products, but more importantly, share with us a parting message for the audience today. You can find me across social media with my name, Paula Nicole Good, and that's on Facebook, IG, YouTube, LinkedIn, you can find me on Twitter. I'm not up there much, but if you send me a message through any platform, you can reach out to me. My website is also my name, www.paulanicolegood.com. Right now, my main program is one-to-one -one coaching. I like doing that a lot. It's a 13-week program, and it's called a Magnetic Blueprint because I'm creating a blueprint for you to be the most magnetic woman in your life. And it takes you from the very beginning to the very end of your transformation journey. So you can reach out to me if you want to learn more about that. Send me a message and we'll get on a call. Call's free. Now, 30 minute call, we'll go through some questions and I'll see if it's right for you. If not, I can direct you to where I feel would be best. And then also, if you would like to be added to my email list, just let me know I can do that because I do have some future programs coming out that would be more of group coaching or smaller coaching. And I do have a course that's available. And as far as my message that I have, the most important thing is to be your most authentic self. When you become your most authentic self, that means you love yourself. You are unapologetic about who you are. You are willing to do what is most beneficial for you, your life. If you have children for them, your family, you will be that magnetic woman naturally when you become your most authentic self. But to do that, you have to first admit that you need to make a change. Once you admit you need to make a change, and the next step is actually taking the, the bold step of walking the path of change. 
And I'll just tell you this, once you change, I mean, like you said earlier, when you look back, you're gonna say, why did I stay so long? Why didn't I move forward? One of my biggest regrets, and I'll just share this, I was married 10 years in that relationship for 18 years, college sweetheart. And my biggest regret is just staying there too long. I had too many opportunities to leave. I actually leave, come back type of deal, you know, before um, the actual marriage took place. And I'm like, I had so many outs, but I stayed because I would always try to over-rationalize the, the trauma, was it that bad? Now, where I am in life, I'm in a much better place. When I decided to divorce, I started over. I left, I had my mattresses, I had my children's clothes, their furniture, I had my clothes and stuff for the kitchen and my car. That was it. When I made that decision, doors opened up for me. Personally, professionally, financially, I have more than what I left. People say, I don't want to leave because of the children. Well, let me tell you something. My children were young. And when I left, the daycare director came to me and said to me, I was going to come to you because I started seeing some things in your children. But since you left and you've been gone for about 30 days, they're much better. So that let me know my children were in fact being impacted. Wow. And now they're in a better position. They have access to the other parent. They have access to me, but they don't see us Correct. in that toxic relationship. Wow. Now I'm in a position where I can show them what a healthy relationship is like. Because if we think about the fact of we do what we know, if I can demonstrate something different to my children than when they're adults, they'll say, hey, you know, my mom had this bomb relationship with my stepfather and she was loving on him and he loved on her and he respected her so much. I want a relationship like that. That's right. That's how we teach our children is through what we do. So really consider your decisions on a bigger picture. It's not just about you like, oh, I love him. It's about a bigger picture. Yeah. And what you're teaching other women, whether you have daughters, nieces, younger cousins, other girls who look up to you, you're teaching them how to be a woman based on how you walk. That's so good. Wow, that is so good. Listen, ladies, you've been on the mic with Dr. Race, the Global Mentor Coach, and the phenomenal best-selling author. And you see why? I hope y'all really hear why she's a best-selling author. She is none other than the Paula Nicole Good. She is the transformation coach. And y'all see why? I really hope so. Please make time to reach out to her and contact her and follow her on her social media handles because she's got the goods. Y'all see what I did there? <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me today. Ladies, you've been on the mic with Dr. Ace, the Global Mentor Coach. I appreciate you so much for listening. Make sure you like, share, and follow this podcast and listen to it more than once because every time I listen to my own podcast and I get something different every single time. And when you reach a different point in your life, when you listen to this podcast, guess what? You're going to hear something different that's going to help you get to that next level because it's all about leveling up. And every time you heal, there's always something more to heal from. And so you've got some resources here. If you have some topics you'd like to hear, or if you need a coach, feel free to reach out to me at info at globalmentorcoach.com. You can know where to find me online at globalmentorcoach.com. Again, thanks so much for listening. Keep it sexy, classy, and modest as you spread lots of love and light. Until next time, ladies, have a fantastic day and thank you guys.